Hey, y'all. I'm Erin Haynes, the host of The Amendment, a brand new weekly podcast on gender, politics, and power, brought to you by the 19th News and Wonder Media Network. You've probably heard the news that this election year, our democracy is at stake. On The Amendment, I'm breaking down what that actually means, specifically for the marginalized folks who depend on our democracy the most. This is a show that dives past the headlines and gets clear on the unfinished work of our democracy. Listen to The Amendment now, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to The Growth League. I am Diana Kander, a Midwestern mom of two and keynote speaker. And like you, I feel the call to grow. To get us inspired for the week, every Monday, I seek out the most remarkable, curious women leaders and uncover their rule for growth. This week's rule from Kate Robinson is document the value you're providing. This episode is brought to you by Influence & Co. To find out how Influence & Co. can help you create relevant content, get more leads, improve your website's SEO, and drive exposure for your brand, go to influenceandco.com slash growth. My guest today is Kate Robinson. She's the Senior Vice President of Business Development at Bustle Digital Group, a global media company with 100 million global unique visitors per month. Prior to BDG, Kate spent nine years at Viacom, where she negotiated for Viacom content to be distributed on platforms like Roku, Apple TV, and Amazon Fire TV. And a fun fact about Kate is that she just got her motorcycle license a year ago. Kate, welcome to the show. Hi, Diana. Thanks for having me. Okay, we got to talk about the motorcycle license first. I'm intrigued. <laughs> I think it was one of those moments when when women are turning 40, you're like, what am I going to do? What, what have I not done? So... Uh, something I always wanted to do is get my motorcycle license because specifically I have this dream of traveling to Vietnam and uh, touring around on a motorcycle. So I got the license part. I haven't actually done anything with it yet. The idea of it terrifies me, but I think that's okay. So it's it's nice to be excited about something that I'm also simultaneously terrified of. Obviously, you're doing something big in your personal life. How does this motorcycle license relate to how you approach your career? <laughs> well, it's interesting. I, I made that statement about not being afraid of, of doing something that maybe scares you, right? Or I'll use the term, don't be so afraid of, uh, of doing something, even if you don't think it's going to work out perfectly. I think this idea of don't be afraid to try new things and don't be afraid to experiment with new things and get out of your comfort zone. Um, not being, you know, afraid to pursue something that may not come to fruition in the way that maybe you originally thought it would, or even if it does fail, Maybe reassess what failure looks like. Is there a particular personal failure, you know, that you can think of early on in your career that kind of looking back on it, you're like, oh, I wish I knew that then. The one I, I can think of, and I often use this as other things when people ask me, what was one of your most favorite deals that you ever did? It was actually a deal that never happened. I was at Viacom and we were structuring a really, really complex deal with a mobile carrier. So the amount of work that went into structuring this in total, it was probably almost a year. And right when we were in that kind of final stages of getting it done, the mobile carrier was about to be acquired and they couldn't do any deals. They couldn't do anything. It was completely locked up and 
the entire basically year's worth of work was shelved. (laughs) And I remember at the time just feeling really just like, what's it all worth? You know, (laughs) you have this moment of, of God, why, why did I do that? And I put so much into it and I'm a failure. And my boss at the time said, this is going to happen. You know, this is going to happen in your career, but don't focus on the negative of it. Let's think on the positive. And the truth of it was, is all of that work I just mentioned, I still use it to this day. So I would say, don't, don't let failure be this idea that uh, you're not going to get anything out of it. And and even today, now, some of the new things that I'm exploring with BDG, with, with Bustle and with, with others is... I'm much more comfortable now to say this may not work the way we're doing it, but we have to start somewhere. And along the way, we're probably going to learn a lot. So then eventually when we do it for real, (laughs) we'll, we'll know what we didn't know before. Okay. So you spend a year working on this deal that doesn't go anywhere and you kind of have nothing to show for it. How do you communicate your value in that period to the people who oversee you? How do you communicate what it is that you're providing for the organization? When you're hired for a job, I think people are hired for a job and they say, okay, well, I will do this job, right? And I, my you know, job is to do these deals or, or do this and that. And then when you're talking to your management or you're looking for more support for your team or you're looking for a promotion, you say, but I did my job, right? It's extremely important and again, I wish I would have done this earlier, and now I do it religiously, is to really understand the value you're providing, but making sure that you're putting it into the KPIs that are going to resonate with the company or the people that you're with. Just a clarifying question. When you say KPI, that means like the big overarching goals for the company. Yeah, like the key points of interest for, for different teams, right? So some people will care about certain items and other teams might care about other items and make sure that maybe it's your internal stakeholders or anything else. They understand those points that you're providing to them and that you are able to track that and actually identify what those are. Okay. So I'll use an example. I'm in business development. Business development can be such a catch-all term. It, It can be this, you know, so are you doing sales? Are you doing partnerships? Are you doing, what are you doing? I'm doing all of those things. I very frequently touch almost every team in an organization and I'm providing value and my team's providing value as small percentages, right? For all of these different groups, but for sales, it might be direct revenue, right? Or it might be a really interesting partnership that is shiny that they can point to, but for, you know, another team for editorial, it might be traffic to our sites, right? So it's understanding those like value pieces and making sure that you have a capability of bubbling all of that up and tracking it and putting some sort of overarching value to your role in your, in your team. Contrary to how important your day to day is, a lot of other people aren't going to know or care what you're doing. And I mean that in a nice way, right? But like people have a tendency to become very, they're worried about their jobs. They're worried about what they do. And they may not know all of the nuances or or pieces about what your team is doing and being able to then actually display that and show that and say, well, did you know that blah, or did you know that this is what we're doing? It's helpful. It's really helpful. And and it, it shouldn't be looked at. I honestly think that in my past, I would have looked at it as, oh my gosh, I can't have this running documentation that just talks about how great I am. (laughs) Like I want that. But it's not that. Don't look at it that way. 
what helped me get there is, is, well, this is how I'm positioning my team. This is how I'm getting more resources. And trust me, the people I work with, they're going to want to know this because they want to make sure that we're operating properly. So overall, like track it, know the value you're providing, but put it into a KPI or put it into some sort of format that is going to resonate with other people in your organization. And when you say keep track of it, like how do you literally? Keep I track have of an it? Excel spreadsheet. You do? Oh yeah, it is a monster. It has like twenty tabs and really. <laughs> and oh yeah, it's huge. And my team and and we add in different value points and yeah, it's a monster spreadsheet. I could just see how that would be valuable to make me feel good <laughs> about myself. I'm you know further along in my career, but. I've definitely run into moments where they say, does anybody even care what I'm doing here? <laughs> you know, <laughs> does anybody know what I'm doing? Or I hope that I'm appreciated. Sometimes it's just nice to go. Yeah, I do matter. Wow. I'm touching a lot. And, and it is helpful. It's helpful personally. So I, I had a deal where I did some curiosity work with a team. And then I went back like six months later and I was like, Hey, whatever happened to that problem that we solved. And they were like, Oh, we made $8 million as a result of that one hour conversation. And I was like, okay, Diana makes companies $8 million within a <laughs> one hour conversation. But you're never going to get that story if you don't follow up or track it in some way. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And, and Diana, you know, it's okay for you in that moment to be like, I made that company $8 million. Yeah. Right? Now, granted, of course, there's other people involved and there's all that yeah. stuff. But the truth of it is, is you you did, right? You facilitated this, this engagement. And it is helpful, I think, even for your own development to remind yourself of that and collect that and, and track that and know what you've accomplished. Know this value that you're adding into it. Because, you know, it also makes it more tangible. At least I, I do. I like to know that I'm contributing. I mean, it leads me to this question. I think a lot of us wish gosh, isn't doing good work enough. It's almost like you're saying you have to do good work and then spend part of your time doing PR on the good job that you, you're doing. You know, the truth of it is, is yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would love to say that that's not the case. And I'd love to have this feedback of like, well, if you just work really hard, you will be noticed and everyone will celebrate you. That has literally never happened in my entire <laughs> career. <laughs> You'd have to talk to my team, the, the some of the women who work for me. I, I do try. I do try to make sure that I'm recognizing hard work and good work and, and providing, you know, positive reinforcement when, when it's due, because I know what it's like to not get it. And, and honestly, the higher up you get, the less you're going to get, right? I was the kind of person that I would just bust my ass so hard. And I was the puppy that liked to please. And I would just do it all for that little head, head tap at the end, <laughs> like good job. And I, I, it would be all worth it if I just got this good job, you know, at the end, but the, the head pat and the good job is not what's going to get you the promotion and, and what's not going to get you the, the next level up. The truth of it is, is you really do have to be your own advocate and you really have to be able to do this tracking. Well, you're sharing the beginning of your career when you're seeking that kind of validation that's external. And I feel like that can be a recipe for disaster sometimes. So this is just a just a guess. But was there ever a time when you were like, oh, this is going to get me nowhere? <laughs> like, this is not a good strategy to invest in. In certain parts of my career, especially after having my daughter, you know, I was 31 years old. I was right at the 
what I would say at the height of moving up in my career, just in the middle of being one of those people who were working way too many hours per week at the time. And I, I just kept striving and striving and striving for this, for the, again, this validation from, from someone. And I remember after coming back from maternity leave, which I was only out, I think for three months or so. And it was not easy. It started to get to this level where I was missing putting my baby to bed multiple nights in a row. And it was so hard. It was so hard. And shame on me for not vocalizing it. Now, in hindsight, I didn't speak up. I just thought, I want to be this warrior. I want to be so great. I want to pretend. It's like I wanted to pretend that I didn't just have a baby. It was so strange now in hindsight. But it's like I wanted to show that I didn't miss a beat and that I was the same person. So I, I just kept powering through, but then meanwhile, you know, resentment's building up here. It is, you know, <laughs> I, it is right. It, it truly is. And I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. You're on like a couple hours sleep. And I remember one night I left the office at like 10 o'clock. I kind of closed out. We were working on this thing and, and, um, someone I was working with had asked me for something. I delivered it, but then I got up and I left. I did what I was you know, asked for, but and then I got up and I left and I went home. And the next day, I remember they were talking to me and they said, uh, you know, you, you just left. You didn't, you didn't check and see if we needed anything else. And in my brain, I'm thinking, what else did you freaking <laughs> need from me, man? Like, I, I haven't seen my kid. I, you know, I'm just spent. And I said, I've really been putting in a lot of hours here. It's really, it's really stressing me out. And the comment was, you know, you work hard, but like not that hard. And I, I, I cried for the only time in my entire career. I cried and it's okay for people listening. It's okay to, to cry at certain moments, but it was like the only right time. Then, I, like right in the right moment. Then, right then. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Not like, Oh, I'm going <laughs> to walk out and go cry in the bathroom, you know, like a real hero. No, no, I, I, I no, come on, call it pregnancy hormones yeah, or yeah, what, no, or, no, you know, after, after baby. But the truth of it was, is I cried out of total frustration where I'm sitting there thinking I have easily worked like 55 hours this week. Okay. Easily with a brand new newborn at home and just busting my ass. And you have the audacity to to say you're not working that hard. And, and I just said, I basically said, how dare you say that to me? I, I can't have you say that to me because by you saying to me that I'm not working that hard, would I know that I am dying saying good, goodbye to my baby in the morning and feeling so much guilt and, and stuff that, that everything else is going on but then you're telling me you don't work that hard. It, it was just these moments where I, I didn't rely on myself enough to know how much I was putting forth. The work I was doing was great. The work I was doing at home was great too. And seeking for validation from others was not the path to be going for in that moment. It wasn't, all it did was make me feel like crap. And, uh, I, I still to this day have to remind myself to do that. 
as a small business owner, you're juggling 100 balls in the air and you don't have time to interview candidates who are just not qualified for your role. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to find the people you want to interview faster and for free. As somebody who used to own a staffing company that hired thousands of people around the country, this is a service I wish existed when I owned that business. Create a job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 770 million people. Then add your job and the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so that your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. And it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates that you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash TGL. That's linkedin.com slash TGL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I love Athletic Greens so much. I'm literally drinking it right now. I don't leave the house without my Athletic Greens canister in my hand. What? makes this stuff so special with one delicious scoop of athletic greens you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins minerals whole food source superfoods probiotics and adaptogens to help you start your day right this special blend of ingredients supports your gut health your nervous system your immune system your energy recovery focus and aging all of the things i have started drinking it in the early afternoon and i don't have that dip and i don't feel myself aging in the slightest <laughs> Tons of people take some kind of multivitamin and it's important to choose one with high quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. In one drink, Athletic Greens gets you everything you need. It supports better sleep quality, mental clarity, alertness, and recovery. It costs you less than $3 a day and it allows you to invest in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. Plus, for every purchase of Athletic Greens, they donate to organizations helping to get nutritious foods to kids in need, including No Kid Hungry. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash growth. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash growth to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. You know, it sounds like the origin story of your value spreadsheet. And it's almost like we're putting too much pressure on the other person. Like, yeah, obviously, they were wrong in that situation. But they're busy, they have their own personal lives, like to expect them to understand all of the value that you're putting forth and all of the challenges that you're overcoming in order to do that is, is a high bar to place on other people. Absolutely. And I mean this in a nice way, but most people don't care what you're doing. <laughs> like I, I, unless you owe them something that like they're waiting for you to do in general, people naturally are, are focused on themselves, right? Because they have their own things they have to do. We're all super busy. So everybody's just trying to keep their head down and do what they're doing. And the other thing that you're pointing out is that this list is going to be useful, not just for the review this year, but like long-term throughout your career, you're going to be able to go back to this for 
new positions, new opportunities, people who have no idea what your work is. And if you can pinpoint the exact value that you were able to create and your contribution, that's going to be incredibly powerful. Sure. Absolutely. I, I think this kind of, I'll, I'll say like ROI on, on effort could be applied to business or it could be applied to life where you're doing that and you're saying, okay, well, this is contributing X amount of my value and it's taking up, you know, 20% of my time. All right. That feels pretty right. Or other one and saying, wow, this is taking up 30% of my time, but it's not contributing much value. What's up? What has to change? Right. How are, how are we, we adjusting this? And, you know, even in life, I think it's important to say, okay, well, in certain instances, is it worth your time? Is it worth your effort? Is maybe it's something that you're not that good at and it's really good idea to just outsource it and then, and make sure that you're, you're getting somebody to do it. What is this kind of return on your investment and investment being, I feel like that hits to so many people is time, right? How are you spending your time and, and, you know, doing that and what are you getting out of it? These are amazing insights. You know, the thing that stands out about you is the huge negotiations that you've been a part of. I'd love to know if you've always been confident about walking into these rooms or is there a pep talk that you give yourself like to get ready for it? When I'm doing some of the larger negotiations, I would always stand up and I oftentimes would have my hands on my hips. In my office at Viacom, I was lucky enough for years I had a window and it and it overlooked Times Square actually. And there was these moments where you were in some pretty intense negotiations with very experienced people. And it was like this power, power move, right? Where nobody could see me doing it. It was just for myself, but you could stand and have my hands on my hips and I'd be looking out over my Times Square <laughs> kingdom, I guess. But it was mentally, it made me feel much more confident. And the other thing that was very helpful, which is funny because for work, I have, I have no problem pushing for things for, for work contracts or for people who work for me or for, for business terms. It, it feels very comfortable because it's someone else. It's not me in my own personal life. That's when I have a harder time, you know, speaking up for my, my own things or fighting for myself. But if I can put it into a broader scope. Like if I needed something from someone, but I think in my head, oh, I'm doing it for my daughter. Okay. That, that gives me that confidence. I become a real, you know, tough guy as opposed to when I personally am representing another person, it, it makes me feel quite confident. Like I'm fighting for somebody. And I really like that. Why are these moves important? Why is it important to pump yourself up? With a lot of the negotiations, frankly, that I was in, especially younger, e even now, but I was younger than a lot of people um, who I was dealing with. I often was the only woman on them. So not only that, I was, you know, a young woman, maybe in her late 20s, early 30s, and going up against very seasoned men who you know, had been in industries for a very long time. And, you know, it's not that they were trying to be intimidating, but I was intimidated, right? So to, to do this and, and power myself up, I would try to lower my voice a little bit, right? <laughs> I would try, you know, uh, just to 
talk slower, right? I was trying to almost assume this kind of more powerful skill set. And it certainly made a difference to me. It was like I was adopting this new persona. Like that was my superhero cape that I would jump into and morph into this person. Where then when I'm off, I'm lighter, I'm happier. And, you know, <laughs> I, I joke around more. But when I slide into corporate cape mode and I'm in the zone, it, it really helped me assume a different persona. I just love to like break down that scene in as many ways as possible. So are there mantras that you're saying to yourself, like little sticky notes on your computer screen, something to remind yourself about the moment, anything like that? I definitely would. <laughs> I would have a sticky note on my, on my screen and it said, <laughs> stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> especially in negotiations, Silence is great. People are afraid of silence, like generally, and people feel as though they have to fill silence. And back to the standing, I feel like I've given away all my secrets. No, I, 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 to the standing, I would have the phone on mute, like on speakerphone, right? I have it on mute. And I would be standing maybe a foot or two away. So it's not so easy, right? You, you're forced to slow walk, down. Walk up to it. Yeah. Walk up to it. Stop talking. Let silence have a presence in the conversation. So yes, I had a big sticky note that said, stop talking. Kate, what's the biggest oops of your career? A time when you messed up, you fell down, whatever it might be, and what you took <laughs> from it. Oh my gosh. Uh, I had just started, I... I I'm going to admit this. And I wonder if anybody, see, this is a thing. No one else probably even remembers that I did this, but oh my God, I know that I did this. I had just started at Viacom and we were, I was on a business trip. I was definitely the most junior person on the business trip. And I was with all senior executives and we were going to different partners at the time. They were putting together all of these decks and it had all this financial information and numbers about the different groups. And I had, I was gathering it and putting it together. It was like 2007, right? So <laughs> we were printing them out and distributing them in the meetings. And we go to the one meeting and it's great and everything is flawless and I'm feeling all really good. And we go to the other meeting and we distribute it out. And as we're sitting there, I realize, or someone realizes that the numbers that I had included in the other presentation were from the other company. So now we are sharing financials of their competitor. And I remember I get, I think we were on Blackberries at the time and I'm getting pinged. How did this happen? <laughs> and I'm thinking I wanted to crawl under the table and die, right? Like it was so awful. And I remember my I, f I forget what level she was at the time. She was so cool as a cucumber. She's like, you know, we noticed some errors on here. And she just casually collected the decks. <laughs> and I'm thinking like no one, I don't think like the other people on the other team, like knew what numbers they were looking at, but then we all did. And I remember we got back in the car and she said, how did that happen? And the truth of it was, is I was so afraid of asking when there was all these share drives and like, I didn't quite understand where these numbers were being pulled from on the spreadsheets and they had their systems. But for somebody who was new, I didn't know, but I was too afraid of speaking up. I didn't want to look like an idiot. So I was like, I've got this. And I ended up making myself look like a really big idiot <laughs> later. 
So I never did that again. Uh, but that was a so such a massive oops where now I always tell people, please ask ahead of time. <laughs> if you think it's a stupid question, it's not because you might look really stupid later. <laughs> so I always say, if you're not asking me questions, I am very nervous about yes, what's about to happen. Well, they should have been because that was not good. But the woman, um, the executive at the time, she, she handled it with such grace. She didn't make me feel like crap afterwards. It was this moment. She says, there's your oops. Don't do it again. Move on. Golfers clap to her for being mm-hmm. an exceptional leader yeah, at she that was moment. Great. Okay. Well, let's talk about our rule, Kate. It feels like, you know create a spreadsheet of your value could be a really powerful and unique. Yeah. I think it's no, 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 the value you're providing. Yeah. I just want to say it's not just in, in work. It has to be in life too. And I mean, I'm talking at it from a position of I'm a single mother. I've got a daughter in fifth grade. There's a pandemic. You're doing all this stuff. You're trying to clean the house. You're trying to pay the bills. You're trying to, organize the the things for school. You're trying to do it all. And, and there is value in that and, and step back and know, know the value you're providing, right? Understand these other groups and, and, and what they're getting out of it from you, right? Um, that, that, that there's value there and, and take pride in that and remind yourself of that. Cause I do feel that we all get so heads down and we're just so just kind of striving forward and getting everything done that, to keep a little bit of track of, of what you're all doing and the, and the value and the impact, positive impacts that you're actually having on all these other different people. It's okay to write that down. I'm not saying you have to keep a journal of like what I did today for everybody (laughs) else, but, but a little bit like know it, remind yourself of it, keep it in your head and it will help you. I think in so many things, it will help you just feel better about your own self personally. It will help you have confidence. And again, in the workforce, it might help you, you know, speak up for your team or help you professionally develop, but keep track of it and remind yourself of all the things that you're doing. I'm inspired to go make a list, Kate. You should make a list. (laughs) Thank you so very much. Documenting your achievements is so important for professional growth. I know I mentioned in the episode with Kate that I had this one one hour meeting with an organization which helped them make eight million dollars more. And that's really like my claim to fame as an innovation consultant. But it never would have happened if I hadn't gone back and made that request. And I haven't been keeping a spreadsheet, but I certainly will now after the conversation with Kate of how valuable it is to document the impact that you've had. And one other experience that I've had recently was I was trying to make, you know, a real advertising my keynote services. And so I went back for testimonials from previous customers who I had served a year back, sometimes five years back, once eight years back for them to talk about how they're still using the concepts in their daily work and having some kind of a regular process to document the kind of impact that you can have can be such an incredibly valuable tool, not just for your own feelings about yourself, but for the next opportunity as a way to communicate the specific value that you can create. So I think we can all take something away from Kate's message. 
Thank you again to Influence & Co. for sponsoring this show. If you're having trouble scaling your content marketing efforts to see results, I highly recommend having a strategy call with Influence & Co. It's one of the only agencies that I've found that will handle your on-site content needs and your PR. Just visit influenceandco.com growth to learn more. And with promo code growth, our listeners can access their course for social media content for 50% off. That's it for this week's episode of the Growth League. Please make sure that you're subscribed to get all the future episodes and leave us a review to let us know how you're liking the show. I am Diana Kander, wishing you an amazing growth-filled week. The Growth League is a Wonder Media Network production. It's produced by Edie Allard, Adesua Agbanile, and Taylor Williamson. Our executive producer is Jenny Kaplan, and our editor is Emily Rudder.